1: show right here on 93 three real talk radio and war chant TV my pleasure to be with you thanks for joining us I'm Jeff director Matthew sitting where Tom is Tom's here though he's producing from the house appreciate that on Twitter it's attach a Cameron show you're you you're here thanks again for that thanks to our friends as we get started I always I get so carried away I get so excited we get into our content right away I get to talking and I'm gonna recap for those that missed the first hour here and touch on a couple of things real quick but before i do i want to thank our friends at zaxby's they partnered with us in many ways they've partnered with us for a long time specific to the jeff cameron show it's a recent thing though and we really appreciate them obviously zaxby's sponsoring the show and doff the cap to that delicious juicy delicious big chicken sandwich split top bun three big cut pickles Go along with the goodness that is Zaxby's. Stop by one of your 67 neighborhood Zaxby's here in town. 67. There you are just about everywhere. I saw a Zaxby's next to a Zaxby's on the way home the other day. Wasn't that great? He just did no line at all. It was perfect.
2: Yeah, I could tell you, buddy. Yesterday, I supported a Golden Chief booster for a 18, 18 years, years plus. Scoops them up on the way home, and uh, you know what's underrated as a side is the Texas toast. That's just a nice thing to have every once in a while. You pick on it once, and then you can come back later, heat it up, pick on it. You know like why? Texas- why?
1: It's not just the butter and all the goodness, but you can use it to sop up the sauce.
2: Mm-hmm. I got that uh, torchy sauce, the tongue torch sauce.
1: Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. That is good. Thank you, Zaxby's. We appreciate you. I mentioned the last hour. I will be out beginning tomorrow. And we're off uh, through the next week. It's not really off. We're doing something else. uh, And it's going to be an exciting time. Uh, Irish Fale, Aslan Hajavendi and myself on our way to Dublin, Ireland. We leave this weekend. I leave town tomorrow. And uh, we are on our way out. We're going to go and uh, we're going to document and have a great time there uh, in in and around Dublin. uh, And kind of set the stage for the trip that uh, so many Knowles will be making in 2024 for the Florida State-Georgia Tech game. Um, they reached out to us, and it's just a grand opportunity to kind of not only experience those things and provide for you kind of a glimpse of uh, where it is you'll be staying and the places that you get an opportunity to visit and the museums and the history and the sports and the pubs and everything in between, um, We get a chance to capture it on video. Ira's going to write about it. We'll be doing some podcasting from over there as well. I'll check in with Tom and kind of lay out the itinerary, the things we're doing that particular day. Obviously, there's a great time difference there, so we're going to kind of get in the saddle and do what we can work-wise for you next week. You'll want to tune in. We're going to do best-ofs next week. And hopefully throughout the course of several of those best-ofs at the beginning, You'll get a refresher before we launch into that material, and you'll hear from me uh, talking to Tom about the things that we're doing there. So I know we start out at the stadium, and to go to that stadium, I hear it's, it's absolutely stunning. We'll be there. We'll check out the facilities. We'll meet the folks who run it, who own it. We'll be down on the field. We'll shoot that. That should be a lot of fun. I'm going to play golf with Aslan. Port Marnock is uh, a top 50 course in the world. Uh, We're going to get a chance to play some Lynx golf, Tom. I've never played Lynx golf. I'm so excited to do that right by the sea. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Keep it low.
2: Keep the ball low. Hinge and
1: hold, baby. Hinge and hold all day while I'm there in uh, Ireland. Uh, And so I'm looking forward to that. And there's, as I said, museums and restaurants and all the things that one would experience if they travel abroad and, want to get a taste of Ireland and, and go to some more of the unique places, we're we're going to do that. We get that chance. And so I'm forever grateful to uh, my friends here at War Chant and uh, my friends here at 93.3 and, of course, the fine folks at Aerolingus who are uh, putting us up and uh, five-star accommodations and providing drivers and chaperones and you know, basically uh, a helping hand as we go through all of next week in Ireland. When we get back, it's time to hit the road to Charlotte, North Carolina, Where we get set for the ACC kickoff, the ACC media days, and that'll be something to behold as well. As you know, this, this, we hope, you know, keep saying this every year, Tom. Last year when you went and I was here holding it down, um, you know, I was hoping this is the last one we were ever going to go to, you know, and I hope this is the last one we're ever going to go to. Doesn't seem like that'll be the case, but it is my sincere wish that this is the last time we ever visit. Uh, The headquarters there in in, in Charlotte for the ACC kickoff. Uh, Next time it will be fantastic uh, to be able to say, oh, we're not going there because we're in the SEC or we're in the Big Ten. Uh, But in the interim, we will go there. It will be fascinating. Briley, we will have shows next week, mostly best of, with some fresh content at the beginning of the show from over in Ireland. So that's the best we can do while we're traveling there.
2: Yeah, so what I would tell you, just before we get into other topics of the day, if it's brown ground all around the greens and on that, you know, top 50 courts worldwide, they might lush it up for you. You never know, but don't be afraid to hit that Cassius, that little five iron little puncher. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got a hundred out, it's basically a long chip, but that way you take a lot of the variables out of uh, the equation. I know also, I would imagine there's no way that there can't be, you're not a social media guy, but there's no way that there can't be social media posts by you bragging about the situation. So, I want Aslan if he could spare the time to walk over behind you for a couple of shots and let's see how you're doing. I want to see the scores.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Aslan and I have already come to an agreement where we'll we'll shoot each other for the purposes yeah. of bragging. Okay, it's my turn. Go ahead, shoot me. Watch this pretty. pretty oh, wait, yep. delete that one. Uh, yeah, delete that one. That wasn't great.
2: Like I get. <laughs> that there's going to probably be a feature on the golf, but the social media stuff for the interim, we got to see how it's going.
1: Yeah, you're right, though. You bring up a good point. If you want to follow along with our trek over there to Ireland and the fun we're going to have, uh, we will be updating social media. We will be doing things for Twitter, and uh, for, I'll, I'll put stuff, for those of you that follow me on Instagram, I'll put stuff there. And then, you know, obviously, Tom, we've got the website, Warchant.com, we'll be posting these things, and Ira will be writing, we'll be shooting videos, all those things, yes, I will post. So, and i will post probably lots of pictures from say pubs. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to a uh, a massive whiskey distillery.
2: Oh, uh, i'm sure you are. Yes.
1: And it's it's one of the uh older and uh better uh whiskey distilleries in Ireland and they have invited us to uh partake.
2: Yeah. Is uh is Jack Nicholas going to be there too? <laughs> this is
1: this could surpass my Jack stuff, huh? Yeah
2: well if he shows up maybe he might pop over to ireland before he goes over to uh where is it liverpool this year to watch the open championship you never know you might see him
1: later in the hour we're going to um we're going to talk about jordan travis when we do our isf uh solving the future and uh, i look forward to that conversation cuz we've talked about it seems like and i think it's just a foregone conclusion with jordan travis We've kind of talked about everybody on this team but him because the assumption is that he's going to be good since he is good and he was good a year ago and they got better all around him, so why wouldn't he be good again? Question is, could he be a lot better? Could he be a lot better? And I think he falls under the umbrella, Tom, not unlike the other guys uh, on this team that we saw glimpses of greatness from. Um, He falls under the umbrella of can you be more consistent? Can you do it? consecutively game in, game out for the entirety of a schedule. I understand some games are better than others, some matchups are better than others, and you're going to have days where you're a little off or whatever it might be. But, you know, your best players you can count on to show up week in and week out, and their bad games are other people's really good games. So, you know, can he raise the floor, if you will, of who he is? We know what the what the ceiling is. We know he can be brilliant, he can be the reason that you win a big football game. He can be the singular reason you steal a game when he's doing the human highlight films and making guys miss in phone booths and finding ways to run around and extend plays and make guys miss uh, from impossible angles and do all that. We know that's the ceiling, right? We've seen that. Can you raise the floor to a place where I know that on your worst day, you're not going to be a minus player, but a plus plus player just maybe not as good as you've been in some other moments. That's the hope.
2: Yeah, I think to me that the biggest issue all season long is going to be consistent communication to the roster on offense that you may not get many touches this game, but that doesn't mean we don't love you. And a quarterback is a big part of that. Quarterback is a huge part of that because he's got to be the middleman between Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins, which are the offensive coaches. Of course, Atkins is on the ground more as a coordinator, but this is a Mike Norvell issue on offense. So Jordan Travis has to be able to be that good cop that can say, you know, to Keon, Keon, I love you. Next week, just the game plan is going to call for 10 targets. Going to go the
1: other way, yeah.
2: Right, and and vice versa to Johnny, even maybe some games to Trey, because the way the defense is lining up, we got to throw the ball more. I think they've got enough good citizens on the roster that understand the big picture, but that's all fine and good in July and August when you're going over film. But if you're in week two and it's been six quarters since you've had two touches and you're a star player on this offense, how are you going to react at that point? And so I I think part of the the challenge this year is a great one. It's one I want to have as a Florida state football fan for the rest of time, which is we've got so many studs. How do we keep them all happy? But quarterback has to be a big part of that. Jameis, for example, it's a famous example, knew that in order to keep Kelvin Benjamin engaged early in the game, he could have been the fourth or fifth read. I'm going to KB so he's awake, so he doesn't fall asleep on the field. That way I know he's ready to go for the rest of the game. Jordan's going to have to learn those nuances for some of these new players. And uh, which guys need
1: You know, it's interesting with KB going back to that. Not a lot of our fan base knew that until later on maybe, but, you know, basically Jameis admitted that he had to go to KB early because, like you said, he wanted him to remain engaged. The other yeah. part of that is because Jameis – was the kind of quarterback that could process very, very quickly. He could get to his fourth read, his fifth read (laughs) in certain cases, you know. And not a lot of college quarterbacks do that. You might get a guy first, second, third. You don't don't see too many guys get to that final read, right? But Jameis processed so quickly and he could go here, 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 here now and then deliver. So if he could get Kelvin to understand You have to keep running the route. You have to keep running at full speed. You have to give 100% because there's a chance I'm coming back to you even if you're not the guy or the, the second guy in this formation. And I just think that when you look at this group, though, the selflessness of the receiving core a year ago portends of really no problems in that realm. Now, the one thing we don't know, you and I have yet to meet the young man. We've yet to have a conversation with the young man. Yet to watch a practice with the young man. How is Keon Coleman going to impact that, you know, that room? We think from a physical standpoint and a talent standpoint and what he provides in terms of balance at the position, he's a huge get for Florida State. We don't know who he is in the locker room. We don't know who he is if he's not getting the football. We don't know who he is if he's frustrated. You know, I don't think they would have pursued it necessarily, Tom, if they thought he was going to be a problem. We know that this coaching staff has a track record of not bring, bringing in problems, but he is a unique talent. So I think they were probably going to take a good
2: long look one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, he's been a, a more than a solid citizen in workouts. Oh, according sure. To Jordan Travis, but you would expect to hear that. You would expect to hear that. If you heard else, uh, you know, otherwise, that'd be a big problem. And he'd say, well, that should." Ne- that's almost like blowing the introductory press conference yeah. if you're a head coach. Like, how do you do that? Uh, but again, those are the nuances that are going to have to be managed throughout the season, and then beyond that, beyond the starters, maybe they're fine, but you know, it's a big year for Kentron. It's a big year for Vandrevis Jacobs or Winston Wright, who has been thrown lower and lower in the hierarchy of the receiver conversation. He was the first guy we mentioned last year before the accident, and now it's, man, could he even be a third or a fourth option? Wouldn't that be a buoy to this offense that you could fall back on a Winston Wright who's fully healthy? Got to make sure he's engaged, the freshman, the, ty- the three tight ends, excuse me, the three of them, mm. uh, running back rotation. Like, this is all good stuff. This- these are the problems that you sign up for. But until you get into the LSU game, it's the third quarter, and somebody hasn't touched the ball, you're not going to hear about it until that point. So how do you manage it when that time arises?
1: Good problems, as you noted, to have. Very good problems to have. You want an abundance of talent. And have one of them be a little frustrated for not touching the football on a day where the defense was willing to give up something else to somebody else. And yeah, that's that's not a bad situation to have. And I continue to remind myself, as well as everybody listening to this show, that we are, in just two years, having these conversations compared to the conversation of, we don't have a single good receiver on this team. I mean, we were having a who the hell is going to step up and play wide receiver in a significant role for us and make plays for us on Saturdays in this upcoming year. Two years ago, that's the kind of conversation we were having. Well, maybe this guy, maybe this guy, but you know, he's not really a game changer. Nobody's afraid of him. Defenses aren't being designed around stopping him. Nobody's shading a safety to worry about him. Like, those were the things that we just had to accept, that you had to be unique, that you were trying to scheme, you know, one-on-none somehow, somehow getting guys running free. And now you don't have to do that, not even in the slightest. Jeff Cameron, Show 93, 3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry, I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. (laughs) Camry 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chat TV. Good to be with you. Uh, Let's uh, move quickly to where we're headed next, which is to collaborate as we want to do with our friends at ISF. You guys have bore witness to our relationship with ISF and the collaborative efforts that uh, they have engaged in over the years with any number of other partners, state government uh, agencies, and the like, and and their efforts to help them and be more efficient, but uh, also... Uh, join us to kind of get you guys involved. Somebody asked a question in the chat. It was pretty straightforward. And uh, Tom and I were talking during the break that we thought it was a a really good uh, way to utilize this this space here. Uh, I can always tell you about things like feasibility studies, which I've done with ISF. Process innovation is a fun one to do as well. Compensation studies I go to often, Tom. You know, I do that. Uh, But uh, ISF does a really good job uh, providing, for example, thorough reviews of uh, you know, so the re-employment assistance systems. And you know, I could bore you with some of that stuff. I could talk to you about how it is they help the citizens of Florida and how their work at ISF and the DEO was approved for more funding and modernized the state's unemployment systems and all that. Or I could just bring it back home and we could talk about solving for the future of FSU football. And that question that was posited was, Is Jordan Travis a better quarterback than he was last season? And of course, we'll know shortly, but the answer has to be a resounding yes. How could it not be? He didn't stop working. The difference between the guy who performed a year ago and the guy who will perform this year is that he is A, unquestionably the man, who has also backed it up with a season of I won't say necessarily elite, elite play, but I think it was more than just plus play. He was a very good quarterback. And he beat you, if you're a defense, he beat you most days with his arm and his brain. He beat you pre-snap, and he beat you with the ability to put the ball on a receiver and to make the throw by taking what was given. This was the huge leap forward that he had to make to become not just an elite athlete playing quarterback, but a quarterback who happens to be an elite athlete. And Jordan Travis did those things a year ago. Now, you give him a bevy of receivers, tight ends, running backs, and a deep offensive line that can stand to lose a player or two and not take a huge step back. So you're going to run the ball more effectively. You're going to have more options With your tight ends and receivers. You have the confidence that you have to be oozing at this point because you had the season as described a year ago. In which you took that massive step forward and became a top 10 quarterback in the country. You've got to know certainly that you're fully capable and you're unquestioned in a lot of ways. So Jordan Travis, one way or the other, has always had something to prove going into a season, whether or not he could be the starter, whether or not he could be consistent enough to play quarterback at an elite level, meaning as a passer, whether or not he could stay healthy. You know, all of these things were things that we thought about Jordan Travis in one way or another. Same for the coaching staff with Jordan Travis, right? There were all these questions, but he's gotten better and better and better. Uh, And so it is that uh, I can't, fathom a way that he's not a better quarterback this year than he was last.
2: Yeah, to take a look at the progression of his game, Boston College debut, he's a terror on the ground. And, you know, I think we were all saying we were at a, an establishment in North Tallahassee that day saying, well, we couldn't find the field for this guy. We couldn't get him out there on the field doing something. And that was for Odell Higgins. Uh From that point, he became a quarterback who was a nightmare in the zone read game who could execute throws outside the numbers. We recall the performance up at North Carolina, which was nearly flawless, but he didn't throw a ton of passes in that game. But no. If I'm not mistaken, it was maybe 11 or 15, something along those lines. Not a crazy amount because it was the threat of his legs that set up a whole lot of what we did as a, a rushing attack. And then the offense was more run heavy because we didn't have very many receivers. Then he turned into last year within three quarters of the LSU game saying, oh my gosh, doesn't matter what kind of blitz you bring to him. He knows where to go with the football. He's played the game of chess with his mind. They've always talked about his run checks and how good he was there. He showed over the course of the season he could be much more consistent up the seams, down the deep middle of the field, and in between the seams at about 6 to 15 yards depth. If you needed to make a throw there, he was infinitely better. So what could he do more this year? Well, I think it's more of those run checks. I think that's one thing. Uh, the consistency to make a decision – based upon down and distance, could be a little bit better. We think about the fourth down, the missed throw, the missed read against Clemson. Remember that sequence at the end of the half where you have a sack fumble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just a poor decision on fourth down. That poor decision also happened on the road at NC State with Micah Pittman in the back of the end zone. Didn't love that throw. You had somebody open underneath. Uh, The other thing is, his numbers could look a lot better because the receivers dropped the ball less. So they could help him too when it comes to efficiency because there were a ton of drops last year. It's just there, there's no way to me that he can't be a more consistent player because the pieces around him are more consistent. And then the other thing I'll throw in there was we got to see every practice in spring. Yes, he made a poor decision in a throw to Kalen DeLoach in the spring game, but I thought practice for practice throughout spring. It got boring how good he was and how good a decisions he made where he did not put the football in danger. Hardly ever happened.
1: It's funny, the um, website at ISF, if you go and read – um, kind of their mission statement, if you will, at the beginning. Certainly it documents the projects that they've worked on for over 40 years across the country. It begins with your vision, and you want to do amazing things, and you have big visions and goals for the future, and you work hard to move, in this case, your agency forward while navigating you know, the unique challenges inherent in government operations. For a football coach and a football player and a football team, you also want to do amazing things. If you're a quarterback... You have to have big visions and dreams and goals for the future, and you have to work hard in order for those to come true, just like we're talking about here with ISF. But Jordan Travis has done that every step of the way, and he's never really seemed like a guy who would rest on his laurels. He seemed like a guy who wanted to get better all the time, because I think Jordan Travis knows that from where he came was a place of great doubt and uncertainty to now filled with confidence and huge opportunities. But for Jordan Travis to realize his real dream, I think, besides winning a national championship or whatever that might be, they're they're all team goals. The only individual goal I would think he has is to do something that would certainly elevate his stock in the eyes of those drafting in the NFL. And in order to do that, he'll have to do what you just described, which is really have a greater consistency of performance and decision making. But I see no reason why that wouldn't happen because of so many mismatches that get created in this offense and so many more players now able to take advantage of those opportunities. Jordan Travis can be ordinary in a lot of ways. And this is the fun thing about football is Patrick Mahomes a special talent? Of course he is. I mean, we just, there aren't too many Patrick Mahomes. But, of course, none of us are blind to the fact that he's got a loaded set of weapons. He's got arguably the greatest tight end in the history of the game that exploits matchups against safeties and linebackers better than anybody in the league. Nobody can cover the guy. He's always open. I yell at the TV every time I watch Kansas City, why is Travis Kelsey open? The whole world knows he's getting the ball. And here we are in the AFC Championship game. He's got 10 catches by halftime. He wins every matchup. So that helps Patrick Mahomes. He's got good receivers, good running backs, and one of the great offensive coordinators of all time in the form of his head coach. So, you know, this is the ultimate team game, and now Jordan Travis has all of these weapons. You've got a Jaheim Bell. You've got a Kyle Morlock, a Biscuit, Marquiston Douglas, who's, you know, solid. You know what he's going to be, right? He's a good player. You've got a deep line. You've got a Trey Benson who you can feature. And guys behind him, if he doesn't have it that day, that can really exploit a defense. He's got six, seven, six, seven, six, four on the field at any given time. If you're talking about a Johnny Wilson and you're talking about a a Morlock, if you wanted to put him out there, and then a Keon Coleman, or you know, you got those kind. You got Portier. It's a big receiver. Williamson's a big receiver. They got guys. So if you're just ordinary and you make right decisions to get the ball to the guy with the best matchup and then let them make plays, Jameis Winston used to talk about this all the time. Now, we all knew Jameis was special. He was a special football mind. He was an elite talent. He was from the day he stepped foot on campus. But he also understood the simplicity of getting the ball to his playmakers and letting them make plays. The offense is designed to get those matchups, get the ball in their hands in space, And those guys are going to do special things. They're going to break tackles. They're going to make people miss. A 15 yard pass is going to turn into an 80 yard touchdown if you hit Rashad Green on the run. You know what I mean? Like, you just knew you had to make the simple play and go the right place with the football. And I just see no way that that won't happen this year. That is the certainty that we feel great about coming into the season. There are other question marks. And no, this isn't 2013 Florida State, which had an NFL football player manning every single position uh, of the all 22. But it is an offense that has a chance and certainly was already very good a year ago. And I think now has a chance to be a top five offense in almost every meaningful statistic.
2: Yeah, there's a chance that there are more NFL football players on the field than not this year on offense at sure. any given time. You know, that's that's the crazy part. If you want to frame it that way, your two receivers, yes, yes, your tight end, your H back, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I think Marquistan as well would be. So if you want to go 20, uh, was that 21 personnel or 12? Uh, I always get it backwards with running back, tight end. <laughs> at any rate, Trey Benson, yes, I think two or three of the offensive linemen are going to be NFL football players, especially if Casey Roddick would win. The center job, I think you could probably say three. Yeah, Jordan's true. Gonna get drafted. And Jordan's going to get drafted. you got a ton of NFL talent that is going to be rolling out there week to week. It's just about that consistency. And, again, he was boring in practice in spring. He was boring because he was making the correct decisions so consistently that the ball was hardly ever in trouble. Gives his guys a chance to make a play, sure, but he's very good at giving his guys a chance to make a play when the ball cannot come down in the opposition's hands. It's a one-on-one, but it's only where Johnny can go get it, in short. And Keon Coleman specializes in catching through contact. Like I can't wait to see that pairing get together (laughs) in practice and see how that looks in one-on-one situations as well. But it's just, that's all it's going to take from here on out. And the one thing I'll also say about his brain, Kenny Dillingham at times would just straight-up lie to you, I think. I think because he was so pissed off about the frustrations they were having. But he'd also tell the truth a whole lot as well. Alex Atkins, I feel like I can trust a hell of a lot more consistently. He just – he's blunt. He tells you what it is. But both of those coaches have said that Jordan's ability in run checks, reading defensive fronts, understanding when to get them in and out of right plays and wrong plays is immense. And now that you can see – I mean, it was apparent to us in LSU because – Yeah, that was uh, was the biggest thing. They threw the kitchen sink at him. They did, so you got to see it on display, but he also had weapons to throw to. Johnny's open in a drag, or Micah Pittman's open, or now Pokey's slotted as a three, so he's going to win a one-on-one matchup as a three that he never would have won as the featured receiver in the offense. So then you got to see Jordan's brain at work. That's the other thing. There are going to be so many one-on-one wide open or one-on-one matchups this year. He's not going to miss very many of those reads pre-snap.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the answer to the question that we began with here at solving for the future is Jordan Travis going to be a better quarterback this year than he was last. The answer is I don't see how he can't be. I just don't see how he can't be. He's done all the things you need to do. Uh, Tom, by the way, as for you, I I think you asked two tight ends, one running back. That's 12 personnel, buddy. I know it's
2: 12. I'm dyslexic when it comes to that particular part of football (laughs) nomenclature. (laughs) I just want to answer it before we go to break. Jeff Garber, show 93,
1: three real talk radio War Chant TV. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chan TV. I think I saw this. Let me go grab this. This is potentially really good news for you and for me and for those of us that celebrate the search for the angle and the money's won through gambling. That's right. Tom, I don't know if you saw this. Michael Moline writes the story from a couple of days ago. Headline reads, ready, everybody? Headline reads, federal ruling could allow sports betting in Florida by fall in time for the start of college and pro football.
2: Whoa.
1: Hey, buddy, I see you glimpsing a smile over there. Come on in here. Come on in here and celebrate. Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. You tell me that's real? I'm going to read you a quote. The Seminoles will have sports betting. The state of Florida wants them to have sports betting. It's going to happen. It's a question of when. Seminole Tribe of Florida could be free to offer the statewide electronic sports betting app in time for the fall resumption of college and professional football due to a ruling by a federal appeals court in Washington, D.C., The U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit on June the 30th approved Florida's 30-year gambling compact with the Seminole Tribe of Florida, including language that allows statewide sports betting via cell phones and other electronic devices as long as the bets are channeled through the servers on tribal land, an arrangement described as hub and spoke. The deal promises to return $2.5 billion to the state during the first five years. D.C. Circuit rules provide that the outcome will become final 52 days after it was handed down or, in this case, on August 21st. Bob Jarvis, professional of constitutional law at Nova Southeastern University, broad school of law, by the way, author of a textbook on gambling, told the Phoenix in a television interview on Monday He expects it to pass. The rival gambling interests that challenged the law in federal district court in D.C. may turn to the state's courts to try to block the Seminole gaming compact that Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law in 2021. But he does not think, does Jarvis, that they'll succeed. Quote, eventually the Seminoles will win the state lawsuit. And then they would have cleared out both any federal objection and statewide objection. So sports betting, the state of Florida wants them to have it. Sports betting will return. It's going to happen. It's just a question of when.
2: Okay. Well, <laughs> first, thank you. And secondly, uh, as I understand it, too, this doesn't necessarily freeze out the DraftKings and FanDuel sports books of the world. You just have to pay a certain amount of every, you know, so mm-hmm. many cents mm-hmm. of a dollar to the Seminole tribe in order to be able to play in, in the state of Florida. So either way, the tribe would win, which I don't think if you're a sports book like DraftKings or FanDuel, you can afford not to be in the state of Florida. What's 0% of zero versus, you know, or 10% of zero versus 10% of a billion dollars, whatever it is, I would think that those institutions would find their way to be in the game, no pun intended, in the state of Florida. It's just, you're telling me it could be as soon as. Week zero, if I'm doing the math right, that's week zero of this year of college football.
1: Yeah, and uh, I will say this, um, there were comments made right after this, by the way, and it had to do with the amount of money that the state of Florida stands to make, somewhere in the revenues of $20 long long-term, obviously. But uh, there was a, a, a request for a comment from those representing FanDuel and DraftKings DraftKings, and major sports betting companies uh, beyond that, and they're all referred to as the Sports Betting Alliance, by the way, all of them declined comment on the record. All of them were silent on the issue. They well, stood down, Tom. They stood down. There's another way of saying that. So I say to you, sir, I did a follow-up on this yesterday because I had this news in my back pocket
2: Yes, this is why it's important. I know that you're not coming here with a periodical piece without doing some due diligence in this fine city of ours where you might know some people who know some people. I do happen to know
1: some people who know some people. And I called on those people who put me in touch with those people. And one of those people said that his only comment, and I will not tell you who that was, I will not out my source, his only comment when I read to him what I just read to you I don't disagree with any of that. He did not expound further. Tears welled in my eyes as I said, thank you, sir, I'll talk to you soon. And hung up the phone. My wife said, you look emotional. I am. I'm going to go grab a beer from the garage fridge.
2: Yeah, the uh, the only thing that could make me more emotional than hearing that, because we have not – this is not a prepped segment. I didn't know you talked to the no, person behind it. yeah, I did. Yeah. When you started reading this article, I thought, oh, wait a minute, he's talking yeah. to so-and-so. Yeah. Would be the uh, the news that we moved to the SEC. That's the only other thing that would make me maybe more emotional. Than <laughs> <teaching>. <laughs>
1: so I, I just – it's something to put out there. I know everybody uh, has been excited about this for a long time. and Hey, I will say this. Whatever that window was – oh, nicely done on screen here. Whatever that window was well, – how, about how long was that, Tom, that we got an opportunity to enjoy uh, the sporting life? Was that four to six uh,
2: weeks of the season that one year, a couple years ago? Yeah, it was about uh, three to four units of success on my part. Yeah, I was yeah. able to make a couple of bones off of the hard rock. I think app was wonderful, Well, too. that's what I was
1: about to say. If it is the same as the app, and it's yeah. the same hard rock app that we had yeah, before – my goodness gracious, that thing, it, it worked swimmingly. It's just, I like that. I'm going to parlay that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Boop-a-doo. We got
2: it done. So it gave me a small issue tied to two email addresses when I began, and it couldn't assign it properly, so I had to call customer service. A human picked up within five seconds and mm-hmm. like, had me on the door. They, they were motivated to the degree that yeah. there was no holding line. It's You call customer service, they picked up straight away like, how can we help, man? We want to get you all set. Like, okay. I actually set my app up
1: at the bar when I realized it was live for business. A friend of mine turned to me and said, hey, man, did you know this was up? I was like, no, I'm going to do it right now. And I did. I had no problems. I placed a
2: bet that night. It was sure. it was a beautiful thing. So How did, how did your Eastern Michigan Bowling Green bet <laughs> turn out? <laughs> I think I won
1: my first bet, and I remember thinking I made a joke. I said, well, that's how they get you. Of course I won my first bet. That's how they get you. I'll come back. We'll wrap up. I will give you the probables for tomorrow's games because I won't be here tomorrow to do that. So, damn it, I'm going to do it before we leave. Jeff Cameron, ninety-three-three Real Talk, Radio War Chan TV. Always fun. Uh, before I get to uh, the probables for today, want to thank our friends at Power Mill Training Academy. Powering Performance. They help equip, motivate athletes focused on baseball and softball with the specific tools to reach their true potential. If you got your youngin out there playing baseball or softball or playing to, want to make sure that they're given the tools to succeed and have fun playing the game and grow within it. Make sure you get them over to Powermill Sports, where they will teach them all of those skills, no matter the level that they're at, uh, and train them uh how to focus and utilize those skills. They've got youth camps all summer long, so check into those as well. Again, activities, games, drills, competitions—all the fun stuff that you love about baseball and softball. That's PowermillSports.com. Cue it up, if you would, Matthew.
2: It's it's time for. How you say, with the pitching, uh, probables?
1: Tomorrow, they get it on. And I won't be here to give you these probables, so you need to know. You need to know. You must learn, as KRS once said. You, Darvish, going to pitch for the Padres. The Phillies will throw Christopher Sanchez. Giants-Pirates, Ross Stripling, Rich Hill, Marlins-Orioles, Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara as I like to say it, Dean Creamer. D-backs, TBD, we don't know. Blue Jays, we don't know. TBD. Dodgers, Mets, Julio Urias, Justin Verlander. Brewers, Reds, Corbin Burns, Graham, Ashcroft, cheats at golf. White Sox, Braves, Michael Kopech, Charlie Morton, Morton. Red Sox, Cubs, Brian Bello, Kyle Hendricks, Guardians, Rangers, Aaron Savale, John Gray, Rays, Royals, Tyler Glasnow. Alec Marsh, the Nationals don't know who they're going to pitch, and the Cardinals said, me neither. Yankees, Rockies, Carlos Rodon, Austin Gomber, Astros, Angels, JP France, and Shohei Itani. Hey, hey. Twins, A's, we'll tell you tomorrow. Tigers, Mariners, Eduardo Rodriguez, Luis Castillo, and that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Just so damn giddy about the potential for the app to be working again. Can you imagine this baseball? I mean, excuse me, this football season. If this comes to pass, this this impossible dream comes true.
2: Uh, I would think that we will have totals on the board at all times on the show. We'll just have a little section of the screen cordoned off for the numbers, the important numbers that we believe in.
1: Well, I mean, on a serious note, I mean, obviously this is something that uh, just got approved, uh, I think, the other day in North Carolina. It continues to happen throughout the country uh, pretty soon. I mean, in our lifetime, Tom, very easily this will be in 48 of the 50 states, 46 of the 50 states. There will always be those holdouts that are like, think it's of the devil, uh, some nonsense like that. But, uh, yeah, man, I I think we'll be in that situation here real soon, and it's great for the state of Florida. It's great for us, uh, those of us that – and also there's real elements of it. You know, I, I get that people are like, ah, I don't want to tune into just a gambling show. No, no, I, I understand. Finding that balance is difficult. I mean, I like tuning into solely gambling shows where they only talk about gambling, but I get that not everybody else does. Uh, and so, you know, what's fun about that is you can use it to to kind of peek ahead at matchups and what Vegas thinks is not always uh, a way for you to figure out a bet, but rather how they see the matchup. It informs you on a lot of levels. Not unlike what happened with Fantasy Sports revolution. Where you could you know you you don't learn everything about what a team is or is not based on their fantasy numbers and those matchups to be exploited, but you learn something it's it's just an extra tool to help inform you of the matchups and the way to view these games,
2: yeah, and it's uh, Vegas is not in the uh, business of getting things wrong. no it might on a given week for one team, but you know the reason that they are as rich as they are, and we have to stop calling them Vegas and start just calling them sports books, yeah. Is because that they're right. They peg it. Whatever algorithms they put together, power rating systems, you name it, they nail it more often than they don't, which is why you'll recall from the 2012 or 2013 season your run with Alabama and first half covers. Mm-hmm. And I'll recall a month in the 2014 season where I laid big numbers on NC State because I knew exactly what they would do week to week, and they did not let me down one time. But those moments where you could just play a team, set it and forget it, just they don't happen because Vegas nails the number more often and the sports books do more often than they don't. And I can't wait to say, boy, the hard rock Seminole sports book did it again. They did it again. Can you believe it for a sponsored show that we have here on. War
1: <laughs> yeah, it is fantastic. And we'll have fun. Um, yeah. James B belly it up. will make its way back. We'll talk about a lot of things. Uh, there are all kinds of exciting things we have moving forward to tell you about uh, this upcoming season is really allowing for growth for what we do, uh, whether it be the Jeff Cameron Show and some of the st- side projects that we want to do, but also growth within Warchant.com and Warchant TV, the podcast here at ninety three three. It's uh, you know there's so many reasons to celebrate Florida State being good again and being back to being relevant and all that, uh, just from a fandom and uh, support standpoint, but also because of the opportunities it avails all of us. So. Um, I, I think you're going to see that, and we look forward to it. Okay, once again, uh, travel day tomorrow. We're off to Ireland. I will have an interview for uh, you that will be in the can. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Going to talk to Ingram Smith uh, of the Battles Inn. He'll join me, and we'll talk about the recent story of um, seven NIL entities of forming a, a collective association. Get his thoughts on that. So that'll be fresh for tomorrow. And then we'll be talking to you from Ireland. So uh, have a great weekend. Be well. Hold it down, kids. We'll be back, and it's off to Charlotte. Good job, Director Matthew. Great job, Tom, as always. Peace.